We have very few like rigid things in our offense, but there is some starts that gotta kind of get the thing clicking, and and we just couldn't get into them tonight because they were uncomfortable, right? They're uncomfortable, but it's okay. We'll fix it, and we'll get the right lineups out there at the right times, and all those things. But uh, again, that's that's where we are. Where we're building, we see what we can do, we see what we can be, and uh, I think you know now until next week we have time to build up, and even into the season, it's going to be a, a slow grind and uh, transition to to peak. And we're not trying to peak in in October, November. Obviously, we know we're not where we want to be. Nobody is. Feel like we've gotten better. We've got our guys now gelling a little bit, still learning. But at the same time, so we think we're good enough to hopefully win games and learn as we win. That's the goal. Obviously, we're not going to be playing our best basketball right now. But we're going to make mistakes. We're going to learn as we go and learn our rotations, learn our chemistry. But I said, hopefully, continue to get better. Hey, this is Free Association on Sportsnet.ca. What's up to the associates? Good week, good podcast week. We had a had a lot of feedback on the last one. We really enjoyed it. Of course, you can always leave a review for this bad boy on iTunes or Bad Girl. That's 2018, after all. I don't think Bad Girl is better in 2018. You don't think Bad Girl is better? No. Why? You think that's condescending that a girl can't be bad? All girls are good because I know some bad girls. Got some bad girls in my life. Okay. Hey, if you just want to walk around talking about bad girls. That's right. I you, will. You go right ahead. I will do that. What'd you say yesterday? Holla at a ting over there? That's what I say now. I was like, that's, that's what I think you do that to a bad girl. I think that's a thing that you would do to a bad girl. A lot of things to get to today. We're going to do our NBA preview. We're going to share some of the teams that we're going to be focusing on this year. We're going to give our Raptors over-unders. But first, we're going to review some things from last year's podcast because so to give you a little behind the scenes here, we had a discussion about a week and a half ago about how we were going to do this podcast and how we we're going to separate it. And you know what we're going to use for some of the titles of these teams coming up later. And what are the over unders we want to do for projections of this team? Because a lot of people do the, the over unders podcast, the team wise. And we tried that last year, but didn't really fit the show. I think too well, I think a lot of people get most of their over-unders content from from some other places. Bill Simmons obviously uh, does his with uh, Joe House. So we decided to have a meeting and talk about some things. And I'd, I'd forgotten exactly what we had done last year in terms of some predictions. And so our producer, Emil Delich, who ran down the current events with us last week and who edits this podcast and a bunch of the other ones around Sportsnet, he went back and he found some of our predictions and he sent us he sent us a bunch of predictions we made and I was looking over some of them today and I was laughing last night as I was preparing because we were, we were way off on some things like neither of us got a correct MVP pick. You took LeBron. I took Giannis. We had some horrible picks. Like you thought Thon McCurr was going to be the most improved player of 2018. You also thought the Houston Rockets were going to be the most disappointing team of 2017, 18. I thought that the LA Clippers were going to be the, the sneaky fun league pass team to watch. I think maybe I watched five Clippers games last year, not including the Raptors. Like apparently Emil has a clip of that. So yeah, let's hear me exploding the virtues of watching the Los Angeles Clippers last year that blew up their team like a couple of weeks in the season because Blake Griffin has washed up and that team was terrible. I think point Blake is going to work. I think Tia Dosich is going to be fun. He's going to give us a gift every single night. I think Danilo Gallinari is very good and that he fits with Point Blake excellently. That's not great. Point Blake did not work out. Point Blake is in Detroit. Maybe it'll work out this season. 
Do you have faith in Point Blank and uh, Point Blake in Detroit this year? I think Detroit will be fun. I think they'll make the playoffs. Detroit will be fun. Yeah, that's a first prediction we have. I think Detroit's gonna be one of the biggest eyesores in the NBA. I don't want us to watch any Detroit games that do not involve the Toronto Raptors. Well, we're I mean, be avoiding them like the plague. They have talent, and that's something you can you can't say for a lot of teams in the East. So that's true. We got one more too. Was was we made a finals predictions? I don't know what they were. Emil didn't put them in the email, but apparently I tried to make a bet that I'm guessing was did not work out and was played out horribly. Let's this is a surprise to me, so let's just hear where we're at with this. Can I uh, make you a bet right now? If the Cavaliers and the Warriors face each other in the finals, which they will. I'll bet you right now the Warriors sweep and they sweep easily. That more games look like games 1 and 2 of the series than they did ever before than game 3, game well, 4. You're forgetting about how Kyrie bailed them out in game 3s, 4 and 5 in terms of making them competitive. Isaiah Thomas ain't doing that. Jake Crowder sure as hell ain't doing that. And I'll tell you what, the bench pieces, the ghost of Derrick Rose and the the shell of Dwayne Wade, they ain't doing crap in that situation either. So that was actually favorable to me. I can't believe that you guys put together something that makes me look good. Did anyone accept that bet? Do I get money for that sweep? I, I mean, I don't think I would argue the other side, but... So you apparently agreed that it was going to be a sweep. I don't even think that was that hard of a projection, to be honest. Uh, I will say this, though. What we were so right about is Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder doing nothing because they weren't even on the team. So who saw that coming? What a predictions podcast. Man, now I'm amped up. Now I feel a whole new level of confidence in the picks we have today. Although you are wrong in a way because Crowder and Rose had great playoffs. They just weren't for the Cavs. Rose had great playoffs? Yeah. The Timberwolves playoffs were pretty brief, but yeah. he was one of their best players. <laughs> yeah, he was. I don't know how I would put great with that, but yeah, they got smashed out. It was a pretty undesirable finish for the Minnesota Timberwolves last year, but yeah, you know what? Crowder had his moments. I think that that, that Utah team was a lot better than a lot of people expected last year. I don't, I don't think they're sneaking up on anybody this year. Before we get to our Raptors over-unders, I just want to touch on one quick thing, which is that Montreal preseason game was incredible. It was great to see OG Ananobi in that game because we haven't seen him all all preseason because of the tragedy uh, in his family, which we feel awful about. But it was great to see OG because it was just another reminder of how deep this team is. And when I was watching him, I know the preseason, we, we don't do very many takeaways, especially a sample size like that. But his ball handling looked a little bit better to me. And he looked a little bit more confident holding on to it, which would be a really big development for this season because I, I think that you need to be able to put it on the floor and everybody's got to come back with a thing. And we saw here in Toronto, how important it is when DeMar DeRozan added better ball handling to his game. And we've seen guys like Andrew Wiggins who have not improved their ball handling and how it's really stagnated part of their offensive development. And there's a huge difference between a guy who can create his own shot and a guy that can only stand in the corner and knock down a three. And knowing that OG Ananobi, you know, might still be that guy that he might be able to create for himself. I, I thought that was a real big positive watching Montreal. Yeah. I mean, I think in nurses world where, they want to play positionless basketball where everyone needs to be a threat from everywhere on the court. I mean, fundamentals matter and the ability to be a threat shooting, passing, or as you mentioned, putting it on the floor is key. And I think when you're looking at projecting who could take a next step and kind of lift this team to a higher level, OG would be candidate number one for me. Absolutely. And I got to say again, shout out to that Montreal crowd because they really showed out. They really showed out in that basketball game. And I think it did serve as a reminder for the Toronto Raptors that this is Canada's team and that it isn't just localized to one market, that it is a big country. Maybe not for long. Oh, what you mean? Cause of Vancouver. 
No. Where have you oh, been? Oh, Montreal. What, yeah. getting a team? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I think Montreal's priority is a baseball team you before. Think, you, you don't think that had anything to do with how energetic that crowd was? That and the fact that a guy from Montreal was playing for the team? I just think that. And, and wedding threes? I... <laughs> I think that the major part is that Montreal has uh, just incredible sports fans. I've been to games at the Bell Center for hockey, and it's like nowhere else in all of Canada for seeing a hockey game. It really is. It's its own special atmosphere. You think about the baseball games, the exhibitions they put on at the O, it's like nothing else right now. It's a great sports fan base, and so they turned out for the Raptors as well. And I talked about this a little bit on Good Show last week, but... The Toronto Raptors had a horrible image. It was this desolate place that was up in the north and quote-unquote didn't get ESPN, right? It wasn't home. It was a different country. And it's been eased recently by the growth of embracing that identity and turning it into the weed in the north and having the success. And having Drake come along, I think, has been actually massive for the image of the Toronto Raptors because there has been more of an acceptance of Toronto as an incredible party city and a place with incredible nightlife and a major metropolis that has everything that a cultured person would want between restaurants and music and, and whatever you want. It's all here in Toronto. And that's really been established over the last couple of years. But I think one of the biggest things that Toronto has to offer that we're really finding out and should be appealing to a guy like Kawhi Leonard is that the market is bigger than just Toronto. And when you are someone that has business interests outside of the game, which a lot of these guys do now. You think of Kevin Durant talking about the benefits of playing in Silicon Valley and being in Golden State. Think about LeBron James and his calculated move going to Los Angeles. That for some guys, Toronto does represent a place where you can have a brand throughout an entire country. And what the reach means for that brand. And it's a lot. And I think that traveling around the country and seeing a crowd in Montreal like that and being in Vancouver can be an eye-opener for a lot of these guys that frankly didn't really know about those places beforehand. Montreal is a world-class city. Vancouver is a world-class city. The fact that there are basketball teams in Memphis, Oklahoma City, and Milwaukee is embarrassing. Ouch. It is. The, the NBA is an international Milwaukee's game. a good sports town. If you're talking about industry, if you're talking about commerce, if you're talking about attracting thing, the world's best athletes and putting on the best show, I mean, would you rather go to an all-star game in Milwaukee or Montreal? Well, Milwaukee yeah, no or brainer. Vancouver? Yeah, so that, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, no. Milwaukee's a good sports town because they got the Packers a thousand years ago. Yeah. But if, if we were doing things over again, and the Brewers. you wouldn't put a team. The Brewers are still there, largely in part because the commissioner of the league mm -hmm. has an affinity for the area. That's actually but, very true. They stole the Seattle Pilots. If you're actually just doing an, an assessment, if we brought in, you know, an actuarial scientist and said, figure out where the sports teams should be, find 30 cities in North America. Those three cities I named are not on the list, and Montreal and Vancouver are. Listen, I'm not going to go against that because I'll never go against Canada, all right? I know where my bread is buttered, and I love no, this country, and well, I love those cities. I love the fact that the Raptors are Canada's team. That's something that we all can kind of get excited about. It's awesome, but there are two major markets that deserve a team. And in fact, if they had a team, they probably would be producing more high-level NBA and NCAA players, and our national team would be much better. So let's get to the other national team then, the Toronto Raptors. Finally. I want to start off with just looking at how you think that this season is going to shape up from a regular season standpoint, a win total standpoint. We'll, we'll do our predictions at the end of the pod as to how we think this season is going to shake out. But I looked at uh, Westgate's book in terms of where the Toronto Raptors are going to finish the season. And they have them at 55 and a half wins. And for some context, they're only behind the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference at 59 and a half wins. And they're only behind Houston and Golden State 
with the entire rest of the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers at 54 wins. So Donovan Bennett, do the Toronto Raptors finish second or higher in the Eastern Conference? And do they finish with over 55 wins? Yes and yes. First of all, the Raptors' projections are always low. Seven consecutive years, they've actually hit the over. So take that for what it's worth. But this is an appreciably better team than it was a year ago. Forget about Kawhi, just internal growth. Mm -hmm. You lost two rotation players. You more than made up for that in the players that you brought in. Would anyone say, hey, we're going to trade straight up DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pirtle for Kawhi Leonard and Greg Monroe? Yeah, sure, I'll take that deal. And aside from that, I didn't feel they needed to make a coaching decision. They did. I, I I don't think it's going to make a big difference, pro or con. But newsflash, the conference is worse. The conference is, is worse. The One of the bigger teams in the conference is not a big team anymore. So you have hard nights against the Sixers, the Celtics, every once in a while against the Bucks and the Wizards, but that is pretty much it. Mm. So there's no reason why this team should not win 60 games. You no know, I, reason. I, uh, I had a random thought actually about the divisions the other day and just thank God the NBA abolished them meaning anything. Because the best three teams are in the same division in basketball in the Eastern Conference. The well, Sixers, the Raptors, and the Celtics are all in the same place. And if it mattered a lot more, you know, for some reason, having... Actually, I guess maybe that makes less sense now do, that I think about I, it. I disagree. I think it does mean something. Because you're playing those teams more than you're playing anybody yeah. else. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Warriors made a run for... 72, when they were playing in the Pacific, when the Lakers were terrible, the Suns were terrible, the mm-hmm. Kings were terrible. Those are pretty much guaranteed wins. Those are nights off. And in the Atlantic, it's the opposite. Yeah. You're playing the Sixers and the Celtics for 10% of your schedule. So I think that's the biggest reason to think that maybe you do go under here is that you are playing those teams more frequently than some other teams in the Eastern Conference get to and that... You know, the Raptors schedule, it's going to be difficult from that top-heavy standpoint this year, but they're going to be able to drub all those other teams, and there's going to be the same formula as last year, right? Which is, there's so much depth on this team, it's going to be very difficult for them to drop those games that other teams tend to do, those those trap games against bad teams. Because you're just going to be able to find five guys who give you something on most nights. I, I saw a quote from Danny Green today saying that he believes that this is the deepest team that he's ever played on. And I think the quote was, yeah, this. It's probably the deepest team that I've played on. Um, and we've had some pretty deep teams in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Where one through, you know, 10 could play, you know, four rotations, maybe 11, 12. But here, we have so many pieces that are very good. Yeah. yeah, And that's true with this team. And yeah, you mentioned a guy like Greg Monroe all the way down the lineup. Greg Monroe is a good piece for Orlando Magic on a back-to-back and not losing a game like that. Because he can still give you some buckets. He can still provide you with something. This team is just too deep. They're going to win a ton of basketball games. And as much as I'm not sure, you know, Kawhi Leonard's going to play a full season and there's, there's still question marks around Kyle Lowry. I think there are other guys who can pick up the slack on most nights. And you're right. I don't see enough in the conference to say that I would, if I was more confident about any pick that I would go under here. I still think that it's a slight over. And I think that the Raptors are still going to put an emphasis on winning regular season games this year because home court advantage is still going to be as important for them as it ever was. So are you over or you're under? I'm over. No, I'm over. No, I'm over, baby. Like, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to hit the 59 win mark that they hit last season. But I think that they yeah, they'll probably win between fifty six and fifty eight games. The other issue is I do not think they're gonna be shutting people down and resting them early other than I suppose Kawhi and Kyle maintenance wise, because I do think that up until the last week of the season, given 
their division mm-hmm. that those wins are going to matter if you want home court against Boston and or Philly. Yeah, Green also said uh, the other day that they're going to be gauging things after about 20 to 30 games, and that's when they should really start to gel. But I think, yeah, once they gel, they're going to be awesome. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, our Raptors over-unders for 2018-19. Hey, everybody. Are you tired of subscribing to multiple streaming services to get your sports fix? Those horrible, horrible free sites where it's glitchy and ads are popping up all the time and it's impossible for you to even see the game or that you miss a play because yeah all of a sudden an ad popped up and you get some viruses on your computer i got some news for you got sportsnet now you can live stream the raptors the nba the nhl mlb the premier league and more all in one subscription you can sign up for as long as you want cancel whenever you'd like Get the most bang for your buck with a sports streaming service subscription that gets you the most content. You can visit snnow.ca for more details. Again, you get over 500 NHL games, the MLB postseason, the entire World Series. It's integral for guys like me who love a ton of different sports because I'll throw something up on the tablet. I'll throw something up on the laptop while I'm watching TV and I can watch a bunch of games just like I did last night watching some MLB postseason with my SN Now while I watch the Chiefs Patriots game on my television. Friday's going to be tough. You got Celtics at Raptors. That's going to be the first big tilt. 8 p.m. on SN1. That's the first course. Then you got the second course of Warriors Jazz, which I'm really looking forward to. But at the same time, you have Dodgers Brewers. What are you watching? I'm putting the basketball game on the main screen, and the baseball game is absolutely on the smaller screen. But yeah, you can visit snnow.ca for more details. You won't regret this service. I'm just watching the basketball game. I'll have the game tracker from the website on my computer. I don't want to watch a baseball player. So I don't care. All right. So we already hit the Raptors win total. We think that the regular season is going to be an unqualified success. I think it's honestly, I think it's really hard to argue that because we've learned in regular seasons, it's all about depth. Star power is going to matter more in the postseason, And, a lot of the Raptors' questions about Kawhi Leonard will be answered then. Same goes for Kyle Lowry and, and who takes developments this year. So, without further ado, we bring in our super producer, Emil Delich, who Cheer. is going to read us his totals for a bunch of Raptors' totals that Donovan Bennett put together over the weekend. I don't know what the numbers are. I know what the categories are. I think you're the same way. So, Emil, let's get things rolling. A bit of a challenge by Donovan. I got to give him credit. Some odd ones in there, some mm-hmm. curveballs in there, mm-hmm. especially toward the end. I feel like you're running out of ideas. No, You're like, well, they, I got to no, go down the well. Nope. They all tell a story, my friend. They, they all tell a story. They all tell a story that you want to tell. I feel like you are yeah. leading us into a... You've got certain narratives Dog, that you, you want to play You can up. come up with them. I don't care. Yeah. I Listen, I uh, I got some things for later in this podcast. I'm sure you do. All right. So Donovan's first thing uh, was Kawhi Leonard games played. Okay. Pretty self-explanatory. Yes. Um, <laughs> I set it at 71 and a half. 71 and a half. I got to go under on that. I'm sorry. I, I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, but what's Kawhi played? This guy, he had nine games last season. Yes. And right. the year before that, he had 74. The year before that, he had 72. I'm yeah. taking you over. Okay, but those are the only times he's cracked the 70 game mark in his career. Yeah, and he's that's 18 missed games over two seasons. So for a guy that I think is, I think that is going to need some rest nights who is still going to be working himself into shape. And for a team that's this deep, I don't think that they are going to need to play him in certain games. You're probably going to have some type of a small injury here based on just probability. So yeah, I'll take the the slide under here. What I think is 
most interesting about this though is don't you guys feel like Kawhi is mostly calling the shots here in terms of how he's handled? Like if Nick Nurse is saying to him, "Hey Kawhi, you, you we're going to sit you down you tonight." You take out in terms of how he's handled, just right? Calling the shots, but that's what I mean. So I, I don't think that Nick Nurse would have the power of a normal head coach to just say, "Hey, you're going to sit here. You're going to be a DNP tonight." If he wants to play, I have a hard time believing that anyone's going to be able to tell him otherwise. So if he's healthy, he's probably going to go well over this. Just want to toss something in there. Yeah. In 2018, so the next couple months, they have seven back-to-backs and only four in the new year. Yeah, so that's enough for me to say that he's going to miss at least 10 games this season. I'm taking the over. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll find out. But the, forget, he's an impending free agent. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is looking for revenge. It's in his best interest to play and show that he's healthy. And as you said, he's calling the shots. He's going to be like, boss, I'm playing. I just think that there will be some nicks and bruises along the way for a guy who's had nicks and bruises throughout his career. Yeah, right. but remember, his coach was Greg Popovich, who's on the maintenance program. That's true. Nick Nurse, as a first-year coach, who's great trying point. to get those dubs. Kawhi says he's playing. He's playing. That's a great point. Can't argue with that one. What's next? All right, Valanchunas, game started. 67 and a half. Under what I'm wow. going to go well under on this what? one. Have you watched the preseason? Yeah. Yes, I have 67 and a half is way too high. The starting lineup is going to be fluid, but I think that ultimately they settle on him coming off the bench. So I'm going to go way under. I think that he starts like maybe 25. That's wow. exactly where I would have put it. Yeah. yeah. Well and under. So I'm also taking the under. Yeah. I can't wait till he hits 26. The day he gets 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does this count? Yeah. Are we just recalibrating this in, to over under 25 round of the postseason? This isn't a mark against JV, right? It's I think, not. I think one of the most interesting things about this Raptors team with all the 3 and D guys get, they have and emphasis on the D here is they can actually hide Jonas Valanciunas in ways that they were never able to before. You you look at some of these lineups, you surround JV with Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, things are going to be a lot easier for him. So I could see him having an integral role in this team. He's going to still be an extremely important part in this team. I think he'll be more important than Serge Ibaka is to this team, but I don't think he'll start that many games. So yeah, I, I'm going to go well under here. I wouldn't take any Raptor over 67 games started other than Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard, number one. And number two, yeah, he may hit that number if Serge Ibaka breaks his leg tomorrow. But aside from that, I, I just do not think Nick Nurse is going to play, is going to stick to any starting lineup for the foreseeable future. Want to know why? Because he said as much. It is wild to think of that strategy and whether it's going to work. I know that um, our friend Alvin Williams is not going to be a fan of that because he is a, I know from speaking to him many times, he's a fan of more structure and having lineups. But yeah, we're going to see, man. It's going to be a lot of turnover. So yeah, under on JV. What's next? Siakam made threes. 38 and a half. I'll take the over. over. What are yeah. you talking about? No, that's a good number. Yeah. I think that's a good number. He hit 29 last year. Yeah. Yes, and, he did. And, and he's playing for a coach who wants you to let it fly. But, and he's going to play more minutes. Yeah, but he hit, what, was it 29 last year? He Correct. attempted 130. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's 132 lot attempts. 29. Yeah, he was letting <laughs> it fly last year. So he bricked a lot of threes. Hey, no one said anything about percentage. We're right. talking about makes. Yeah. So, so you got to take to make, my friend. Yeah, so I don't think that he's going to go down from the number of 132, right? Like we would all agree that if anything, he's going to go up. I would he's going to go so, up yeah. from 132. Yeah. 150. So I think, yeah, so do I think if he shoots 153s that he's going to make 39 of them? Absolutely. I, do I think that uh, his percentages so. are going to go through the roof? I think that they have to take a slight uptick because, again, he was terrible from deep. I think, what is that, 22%? That's low. That's bad. Yeah, he's going to go up, but I don't see him shooting and making less than 39 without an injury. So, yeah, I'll take the over there. What's next? 
Lowry charges drawn. This is a very good one. Love this. I like this, this one a lot. Everyone tells a story, my friend. So he had 37 <laughs> last year. I'm going to go with 29 and a half over. <laughs> I got to say, this is the ultimate Donovan Bennett stat. I it's a good one, though. In. I like it. What, because, charges is my stat? No, it's uh, the Donovan Bennett narrative of just, I don't think that there's anyone that enjoys a Kyle Lowry charge quite like you. I think that you believe really? that might, might be the most valuable thing. I have talked about a Kyle Lowry charge on this podcast. Oh, when we did Raptors post game last year and we watched games together, I think that there's nothing that got you more excited than Kyle Lowry drawing a charge. Really? No, I, to me, this number is, forget about the charges. That's nominal. This number is all about how engaged is Kyle Lowry. Okay. Like, that's the story that it tells. At 33. Sure. At so 33. how many is it that he's going to take? I said 29 and a half. He took 37 last year. 37 last year, huh? You I'll say you under. Also to, Here's why. You also have to play games and, yeah. and feel good about your body to take charge. Yeah, so I'm going to take the under because, again, dude's getting a little longer in the tooth. And I think there's going to be some nights off for this player. I think they... They're going to play DeLon Wright a little bit more, even though, you know, he's already dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury right now. They're going to play Fred Van Vliet more. It's going to be very interesting to see how invested he is right out of the gate. I think he's going to come around. I think he is going to be invested in this team because he's just too much of a competitor. It's impossible to think of him not taking these charges and not trying too hard, but I could see him not hitting that number. And you know, what's the biggest part of him taking those charges? Is it because he is a tireless hard worker that he's not afraid or is it that he can land on that big ass and really feel nothing when he hits the floor? I'm going over. I think everyone's, there's a narrative of Kyle's going to be kind of moody. He's not going to be engaged. Nah, he'll be killed. I think it's the opposite. I think when you have Kawhi getting after people defensively, that's going to actually engage him. And even if he doesn't like Kawhi, which I don't Dude. think is the case, he's going to want to be like, yeah, you know what? I get stops too. I get after it too. I'm scrappy too. I think this number is way. He had 17 by December last year. He had more than four teams by the middle of the season yes, last did. year. Yes, he did. Yes. Listen, he's a beast defensively. Is he going to match 37? I think I'm going over. I, it's so impossible for me to predict this stat, but let me tell you something about Kyle's moodiness. You know, when you break up with somebody, maybe you don't, it's probably been a while since, I don't know if you were even in the social media game since you've been with your wife, but you break up with somebody and you start seeing somebody new. You don't just go to Instagram and start posting pictures right away. If you're the one who dumped somebody, you have to take some time. You have to no. you have to show some etiquette to that person's feelings. Yeah. Cause that's what you would do. Listen, maybe you haven't broken hearts like I have. Maybe you wouldn't know about the the sensitivity that I need to show the, the ladies out there. You take some time before you post anything on Instagram. You take some time before you exude your happiness and the way that you are. And that's what Kyle Lowry's doing. He's just playing the breakup game well, which is, You're I'm not incorrect. happy with that. Yeah, I haven't found a new love. He's going to be three months into the season, and him and Kawhi Leonard are going to be buddy-buddy and having good chemistry no, on the you, floor. You stunt, it's going to be fine. You stunt on them immediately. You mean to tell me you run into an ex? No. And you're looking Depends disheveled, and you feel good about yourself? No, you want to look your best self. No, but your you best won't. self doesn't necessarily mean you're flaunting around your new girl or guy. Well, if the person is someone who is apt to creep, which sounds like, people you dated were who isn't apt to creep you think you're not creeping i have not you're above creeping i have not looked at for a photo of any of my exes i haven't <laughs> oh yeah i mean you're on the polygraph right now it's just a needles just moving every which way well get no, out of here with were, that number one there was barely social media before i started dating my wife like i think there was there oh, wasn't yeah, i don't think there was instagram those married definitely there wasn't facebook creep. She doesn't listen to this listen, podcast. All right. All right yeah. I'm sorry to break your heart. She hey, doesn't. Hey, so don't take any chances, sir. Don't take any chances. I'll take <laughs> you off the hot seat. All right. How about this analogy? Listen, if, if you're eating steak, you're not looking at burger menus. Okay. All friend. right. All right. All right. Listen, no one's not saying that you can't have steak and 
you know, every once in a while pass an A&W or something and say, you know, I feel like it's like, that was a look inside. Not if you had Just a good see steak. what kind of burgers they have right. going on. Okay, okay. We're talking food. Let's talk Ibaka. Next. Oh, Ibaka yeah. Double Doubles. Yeah, good got, segue by his, you. Who's the host of this show. thing? Ibaka Double Doubles. Okay. Nine and a half. What? Look at his numbers. This guy does not do it. Come wow. on, on the ball. Right. So here's the thing. Jakob Pearl might have more than nine and a half double doubles. Here's the thing. Look at learned. the man's numbers. You love Jonas Valanciunas and you hate Serge Ibaka. He doesn't he, rebound, man. Yeah. It's we, embarrassing. So, okay, but he also didn't start. Like, uh, available re- rebounds is an issue, and he played a lot of minutes with JV, who we know is a great defensive rebounder. So just the fact that he's going to nah. be on the floor with four guys who are 6'6 six, six and below, by default, balls are going to bounce to him. Yeah, Serge Ibaka is going to have over 15 double-doubles this season. Like that's, I'll buy you guys lunch if he gets over 15. I can't wait. Over gonna 15? Have, I'm going to have a cool. steak. He's going to have a burger. I'm, you know what? I, I got to get Tom Invent to buy me my lunch because my Seattle Seahawks, uh, just like they're just feeding me. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Thank you for that reminder. What's next? I'm hungry. Thank right, you about the lunch time is going to buy me. Green three-point percentage. Okay. 38%. Oof. That's good. You put that on a real nice spot. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a, a tough lay. Put that right there. I'm going to say under. You just look at the last couple of seasons. Uh, his late 20s, early 30s have not been super kind to Danny Green. Hasn't been over that 40% threshold over the last three seasons. I just, uh, he's a guy who is still going to let it fly, right? He was what? He was shooting, I'm looking at it right now. He was shooting four and a half threes a game over his last three seasons with the Spurs. He's a good three-point shooter. I just think that, is he going to get better looks than what he had with the Spurs? I doubt it. I think they're going to be similar. I think he's going to get the same volume. And the last three seasons suggest that the smart money would be on a guy shooting slightly under 30%, somewhere between 36 and 37. So yeah, I'll take the slight under. I'm going to take the over because I don't think he was healthy for the last Year Three, though? Yeah, I'm going over. Uh, that's, uh, you know what? I can respect a good homer pick and an optimist pick, so let's take that next. All right. Norman Powell did not play coach's decision. Oh, this breaks my heart. I know. This one really kills me. <laughs> this truly breaks my heart. They especially, all tell a story. Especially the, like, we're sitting here in the room with the founder of the Norman Powell fan club, Donovan Bennett. Me, yeah. This one hurt who, me to put up. Yeah, but who legitimately grind. a few games into Norm Powell's career was already ready to build statues for him. Like, I think that you almost came around on Norm Kelly just because he was named Norm. Like, that you were willing to accept all of his flaws for the fact that he had the name Norm. And now we're in a spot where what was what was the number last year? You guys got off hand of how many DMPs he had? No, I don't have it on okay, hand. Yeah, I'll I'll check that later. Donovan? No. I don't. Know. I'll, I'll, say I'll look it up right now. So what was the total? What do you have it as? Three. Oh, over. Yeah, for sure. I hope not. I hope not too. But here's the thing: Danny Green is going to get a lot of leeway out of the gate, right? I would say if I had to lock in any three guys to be starters out of the gate, Danny Green would be my other lock because they need to have a guy who has some chemistry with Kawhi Leonard knows the way that Kawhi Leonard plays and knows where he likes to catch the ball. And Kawhi is going to know where he is on the floor at all times as well. So those three guys, Kyle, Kawhi, and Danny are going to be the starters of this team. I think CJ miles still has earned as a veteran to have more of an opportunity than Norm Powell has. Like he just had the better track record last season. I think CJ could fall out. I think that Norm Powell works his way into the rotation later in the year, but yeah, man, I just, I like DeLon Wright more than Norm Powell. I like, Kawhi Leonard more than Norm Powell. I like Danny Green as of right now more than I like Norm Powell. There's just, it's so crowded. OG Ananobi, there's so many guys they have to try to find minutes for that in some of these tough games where they're tightening up their rotations and they're trying to figure things out, like those games against the Celtics and those games against the Sixers, 
that Norm is going to have to sit in those contests. And so there's going to be more than three games this year where the Raptors use them as measuring sticks. And so Norm's definitely going to sit through a lot of those, especially early on. If you're spreading minutes too thin, at some point you're getting diminishing returns. Right. Right? Like, you're going to spread 20 minutes amongst five guys or you're going to cut that down to three or even two. And so I think Norm could get caught up in that. I honestly think if CJ is slumping, I think he could get caught up in that as well. All right, what's next? Bouchard, games played. Well, Eugenie, I don't think is going to be playing any. Boucher. Boucher. Boucher, sorry. <laughs> Ten and a half. Um, I actually thought we were going to go minutes played for this. Hey, I actually think that's fair to apply that same number. Ten and a half. No, what are you talking about? Do you think he's going to play a Ten and a half minutes. That's it. He's not playing for this team. Period. All oh year come long. on! He's not going to play a minute. He's going to get like some last, no. like one minute to play. He's going to get in a game. Where, where is he getting his minutes? Bruno had a season where he had 107 minutes, yeah. and you think he's Boucher's going to have less I than ten? Told you, this team has 12 guys that can play. Yeah, going to go they're, down. They're, they're going to blow teams. Yeah. They're also going to blow. Yeah, they're going to blow people out. They may have like a game or two that don't mean anything, and they're going to bring up the 905 guys in the limo to play. I don't see. It. I, I'm taking over ten. I, I think I think forty is a reasonable number. Listen, there's uh, a couple Bruno years we had forty minutes. I think that's fair. So you think forty minutes of Boucher time this yeah. year? There's a cocktail of you're up, you're at home, you're dressed, and we happen to blow someone out. Go in there and run off some steam for seven minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it. I don't see how this guy really plays this year. I don't think that he's an NBA player. I just I don't see it. Well, I mean, he's got. A contract. He is yeah, one two now. Way. It's, but it's a two-way contract. He's sure. a G League player. I don't think everybody in the G League is going to play for the Raptors. I think that they already have guys like Lorenzo Brown they're not going to be able to give really any minutes. I don't see how in a team this deep that Boucher gets any time at all. So I'm going to take the hard under on whatever you guys said. I'll I, take under I 10.5 minutes. I agree, but I think you'd also agree that the depth as far as swings and guards is deeper than it is for bigs. And so if you're in a blowout situation, Greg Monroe is getting the minutes. You're going to say, Hey, Greg Monroe, go mop up the Phoenix suns. Mm-hmm. No, I think I, I absolutely am no, revenge I, game for him. I think, I think Boucher, because he of those swing guys is the, the true shot blocker. He's, I mean, he's not big, but he is a big, I think he gets a lot of those those minutes. But uh, listen, I'd love. We'll I'd be happy to be wrong about this one because, mm-hmm. by well, all accounts, he's a great kid. I thought well, he got a hugely be, raw deal in his happy. final year at Oregon, where he breaks his ankle when the team is one of the favorites to to win the tournament, and they go to the Final Four without him. And he's there with Canadian Dylan Brooks, and we could have all up here anyways become more acclimated with his name. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see on a team this deep how how anybody could be taking the over on a on a G League player, especially one that uh, doesn't seem to be uh, that close to the NBA right now, an undrafted guy. It's funny how um, life switches. On that Oregon team, the guy who everyone thought was the impact pro was going to be Boucher. Jordan Bell played behind Boucher. Dylan Brooks played. Yeah. But now Dylan Brooks could have been an all-rookie guy, should have been. Jordan Bell played real minutes in the finals and won a championship, <sighs> and Boucher played for the Santa Cruz Warriors. I got to say, I, when I watched that tournament, though, that tournament run, I didn't know very much about Jordan Bell going into it, but I remember watching him and thinking, oh, my God, that guy is, that, that's what you want in the modern-day NBA in terms of a, a defensive stud. And so far, I think I've been pretty right on that one. I'm not always right, but I saw Jordan Bell the first time I saw him play. I was like, somebody's got to go get that guy. And when the Warriors bought the draft pick to go get him, I was actually a little bit furious. Thanks a lot. I think it was Chicago Bulls that sold that pick. True. I'm just saying they uh, played on the same team. Yeah, no, Boucher no, no, no. I, I, I get the and point. led the conference in yeah. blocks. Uh, okay, so I actually have one last one here, and this is not an over-under, but it's just a question. It's a classic. It's a Raptors classic going into the season question that we've asked for, God, a long, long time. 
Who will be the third best Raptor this season? Emil, I want you to get on this too. Chris Bouchard. <laughs> That's harsh. Um, okay. Jonas, no question. Jonas. Okay. JV, my guy. Uh, I mean, it's not crazy. JD, go ahead. This is a what's, stark, wait, stark turn. What's best? Most, yep, okay. most me, valuable? Yep. Uh, you know what? It's counting great. stats. What's I'm so glad you asked. I don't know the, the, the I'm third so most valuable. Listen, this one third like most valuableist. This is why I like about you. You're not I someone to questions. rush. Yes, you ask questions. You're not rushed to take an answer. Like Emil Delich back there, just immediately JV. No, we've been down the JV road before. This is what I thought to myself because we do ask this question every year: Who will be the third best Raptor? Who will be the third best? What does that mean? Points? Minutes? I, I, like what are we talking about here? To me, let's define it as this. Who will be the third most valuable Raptor? And to me, the stark departure from last season when I took heat for a really long time for criticizing said player and wondering what the hell Dwayne Casey was doing. Oh, my goodness. The third most valuable Raptor this season. Oh, my goodness. Is Fred Van Vliet. Wow. Well, you clearly have done your research because I've answered this question on Sportsnet.ca and Fred Van Vliet was my answer. Listen, he's going to have the third best stats in any category other than assists. No. Uh, well, this is a guy who averaged under nine points a game last season. I, I think that there are going to be guys that, you know, have better counting numbers than Fred Van Vliet this year. Again, this is a guy who last year in an incredible season averaged under nine points, under four assists, one steal, 2.4 rebounds. Like he shot 41% from three, but overall you look at the numbers, just the per game numbers, and it doesn't leap off the page as, oh, this is the third best Raptor. But anybody who watches this team and who watched that Washington series, I think that was, to me, the critical moment for understanding the true value of Fred Van Vliet. Last year, the Raptors bench mob was one of the most suffocating units in the NBA. They were one of the most entertaining. They got up and down the floor. They played with energy. They played with fun. They absolutely slaughtered secondary units. You put on your secondary unit versus the bench mob or took your best players off the floor, they were going to eat you for breakfast. I think that they had the best point differential maybe in the entire NBA of any single unit. Fred Van Vliet, when he was out during that Washington series and when they were missing him, they looked lost. And I think that when we're talking about who cares who starts, let's focus on who finishes. I think that he, to me, is going to finish the vast, vast, vast majority of games. I think that the Raptors respect him. I think that he's already a leader on this basketball team. I think he's an integral. He's still going to be an integral shooter. He's still going to be someone that sets the tone defensively. He still has great chemistry in terms of being able to find teammates and get other guys involved. He's fearless. He represents an attitude for this team moving forward. And I just, I still view him as so important to this basketball team. So if you're asking me who the third most valuable player on the Raptors 2018-19 season is, I'm going to say who was the third most valuable player on the 2017-18 team. And that's Fred Van Vliet. I think he's the, the person that matters to the coaching staff the most. Thus, I think he's the third most valuable. Thus, I think he's the third best. Let's take one last break and then come back and discuss our league pass teams and a few other categories I have lined up for you. So I mentioned last season that my league pass team was going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. And I bailed on the Los Angeles Clippers immediately. They traded Blake Griffin, and it was the completely correct trade to to do. I barely watched them. Milos Teodosic smoked more cigarettes than had incredible plays. The disparity between those two things was massive. Massive, massive, massive. 
The Clippers were awful. I gave people wrong advice. But I'm coming back this year with my league pass team that is going to be kind of in the similar vein where I'm going to take a little bit of a reach. But I think that's what's fun about the league pass team because I'm not going to just go out and declare the Warriors. Because everyone's going to watch the Warriors. The Warriors are just fun. Of course people want to see Boogie Cousins. My J.D. Bunkus' league pass team of the 2018-19 season is the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Your initial surprise? Or lack thereof? I mean, I'm not surprised because you sent me your picks beforehand. I mean, uh, that's, uh, that's, so, a, that's rude. Don't uh, throw me on the bus like that. But you suppose you like to watch Dirk get DNP CDs and watch Mark Cuban How scream you, at sir. people? How dare you, sir? So I know that this is a little bit of a reach considering some of the fun teams that are on the NBA this year. It's going to be a really fun season. But I'm genuinely intrigued by this team. And I think that they're going to be one of the most entertaining teams to watch this season. And I can actually see a situation where they are in the mix with the Pelicans, Spurs, and Trailblazers for those last two spots in the Western Conference. I'll start off with Dirk because you mentioned the DNPCDs. Dirk's 40 years old. How many more seasons of Dirk are we actually going to get? Dirk is the greatest European player to ever play basketball. And I don't think that it's particularly close. The guy that, you know, could be passing the mantle to might be actually on his basketball team. But I think that it's a good thing to be appreciating Dirk Nowitzki and to take in one final season maybe of of that little step back from the corner and watching those games where Dirk Nowitzki is still going to be able to somehow pop off for, you know, 15 plus points. It was tough to watch Tim Duncan eventually slow down. And I think that we're going to see a similar thing with Dirk Nowitzki. Obviously, he's like really struggles to guard guys at this point. But I still think as a floor spacer, he's still going to be able to knock down threes. He's still going to make some good passes. He's still going to knock that shot down from the baseline. So one more year of watching Dirk Nowitzki. I think that's going to be important and that's going to be fun. So I'd start there. I'm going to go right right away to Luka Doncic, who I think should have gone first overall. I think he's going to be one of the most exciting rookies that we've seen in, in quite some time. And we, and the, the NBA graces us with really exciting rookies, including Jason Tatum last year. His style is just so unique and cool. He's got that really slick behind the back dribble that he uses to start pushing and transition. He's one of the more, I think, entertaining transition players. That's already NBA ready coming into the league. He's got elite vision. He's got deep range. He's got this cool little hanging jumper that he does as a part of a fadeaway that, I think is almost a little bit of a homage to, to Dirk Nowitzki. I like everything about Luka Doncic and he's not going to start with this team, but he's going to finish with this team and he'll be your rookie of the year winner by a long shot. He's going to dominate that awards race. It won't even be close. I think Trey young maybe will be second because he'll get a long, he'll get a long leash to do things in Atlanta. But I think Luka Doncic is going to be amazing. I think he's going to be must see TV and how he works in with a cast around him is going to be great too. He's going to be throwing lob passes to DeAndre Jordan, who is now there and who I think is going to be revitalized by having a new basketball team and is playing for a Dallas Mavericks team that sorely needed all the things that he provides to a basketball team, which are lob finishes and some rim protection. You have one of my favorite Canadian basketball players, Dwight Powell on this team, who is an incredible specialist. And this is his numbers after the all-star break last season. He averaged 10 points a game, almost seven rebounds and two assists. He was really good. He's probably one of our most underrated Canadian players. I love what Dennis Smith Jr. can be. I don't see why he can't be a little bit worse version of a Damian Lillard, someone who gets you a copious amount of buckets. And I think that he'll actually slide in and work well with a guy like Luka Doncic, who is a pretty unselfish player. I could see 
Wesley Matthews having a bit of a resurgence season. There's just so much to like about this Dallas team. They've got one of the best coaches in the NBA. They've got one of the better home court advantages, I think, in the NBA. I just I see a Dallas Maverick resurgence season, and I just see them being very fun every single night, being in the mix for the playoffs, and having a whole bunch of guys that we're all invested in. Did I do a good job at selling you on this team? Are you with me? Do you want to make free associations league pass team the Dallas Mavericks Donovan Bennett? No. Oh. Because if my team was playing, you would not be watching the Mavericks. My team's the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. That's fair. And they're going to go out. They're going to run. Showtime is back. The bounce is back in Staples. The celebs are back in Staples. JaVale McGee with crazy lobs. They're going to play positionless, as we mentioned. They're talking about having Kuzma play center. Rondo and Lonzo throwing lob passes. LeBron out on the break, energized by the young guy. Lance doing Lance things, both positively and negatively. It's going to be a show. The Lakers are going to be must-see TV this year. I think that LeBron James is going to win most valuable player this season because I think he's going to have a Steve Nash year. I think that what we're going to really appreciate about LeBron this season is just the way that he elevates those around him. And if you look at a lot of the young guys that are on this basketball team, I do see Kyle Kuzma taking a step. I see Brandon Ingram taking a step. I see Lonzo Ball taking a step. And I see some of those weird-ass names that you mentioned that are on this team now, the Rajon Rondos and the Lance Stevensons and the JaVale McGee's. I think those guys... Mike Beasley? Uh, no, I'm not going that far. <laughs> not throwing Mike Beasley into this mix. I think that uh, nothing helps Mike Beasley uh, at this point of his career. But I think that some of those guys are going to look better than we've ever seen them. And it's all going to be because of LeBron. I think he's going to embrace the bright lights. I think that there is a motivation in him to prove himself to Los Angeles. That he wants to earn their love. He's a showman. He likes to be loved. We already know LeBron doesn't like being a heel, right? That's one thing that we've learned about him over his career. He does not like being hated. And I think there are a lot of people that are still Kobe fans and feel that LeBron can never be a true Laker or that he's never going to be one of the great Lakers. And I think that a season where he improves a lot of their younger guys around him and, and carries them to a top four win total this year after being so dreadful last season that he's going to win MVP. We're going to have the Steve Nash season. You make everyone else around you better. I think there'll be a three seed. And I actually think that they represent the greatest threat to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference come the end of the season. The Lakers have more talent than the Cavs team. LeBron just dragged to the final. Uh, yeah, they, like I think there's guys that have higher ceilings. I don't know about maybe right now. Like they don't. I don't think they have a guy that's as good as Kevin Love is right now. But I could see Brandon Ingram being better than him this season. I, like I don't see why that's out the side of the realm of possibility. The interesting thing though too is like, what is Luke Walton doing now in Los Angeles? Like, does he really serve a function? I mean, LeBron's a coach. LeBron's a coach. But Luke Walton is, has had done more as a coach than Ty Lue did before they got together. Yes, I'm just saying it's a very similar situation. So where do you see the Lakers finishing the regular season? Fourth, I think. Fourth? Yeah, I think, I, think, the, I, think, I think we overrate the West, man. I honestly do. I don't think it's as good as everybody thinks it is. I think Utah is, is going to push for home court. So I see the Lakers like being Utah fourth. is going to be for sure better than Los Angeles with, with LeBron. Like, that's really something that we haven't set in stone. I like Utah too, but... I'm just not convinced that they're going to be better than LeBron's Lakers. Half of the game's playing defense. Um, the next team is what I call the New Year's team. This is a lot of hype, a lot of buildup, a big production, but it almost never lives up to the hype. My New Year's team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, I'm a huge backer of this, by the way. You came to the right place bringing this to me. But lay out the case for why this is going to be terrible. Well, one, Westbrook starting the year hurt another knee procedure at some point 
like a running back with a thousand carries. There's going to be no more tread left on the tires. We're in an era where it's all about shooting threes, right? Being efficient from the three point line, offensively getting up a lot of threes. Let's look at the, the Thunder's depth chart, which is not deep, by the way, and how they shoot the ball. Westbrook, starting the year hurt, has made himself to be a pretty good three point shooter off the dribble, but not prolific. Roberson, terrible. Paul George was in the three point for a while. True, another issue. Paul George in the three point competition was terrible in it, but he made it there. Okay. Jeremy Grant, not a shooter. Steven Adams, not even going out there. Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, however you want to say it, you're not saying his name after a made three. Terrence Ferguson, not a shooter at all. Patrick Patterson, as Raptors fans know, can hit them, but goes long stretches without hitting them. Nerlens Noel, not a three-point shooter. Raymond Felton, I mean, he's somewhat of a threat, but he's not prolific. You get the point. This team is not built to play basketball in 2018, yet because they have all-stars in Westbrook and George, we have an expectation that they're going to compete at a high level. I just don't see that happening. Well, yeah, plus they do get the Schroeder trade, which everybody loves for good reason. They didn't give anything up for him, which was really solid. They get rid of Carmelo Anthony, which a lot of people thought the team was being dragged down by. And Nerlens Noel is a guy that NBA fans can just never give up on for some reason. That is just that the, the potential is always still going to be there. And there's always going to believe that he can achieve things. But yeah, I'm with you. And But for the biggest reason is that knee of Russell Westbrook. Because, man, it was 2013. I looked this up to see the timeline of the Westbrook injury. 2013 is, remember, when Patrick Beverly tore Russell Westbrook's meniscus, effectively you know, ending any chance the Oklahoma City Thunder ever had. But he underwent, in 2013, one, two injuries to that same knee. In 2017, he had another injury to that knee. And now he's having the scope done. For a guy that plays the way Russell Westbrook does... It's hard to imagine how he's going to get better with that. And I I think that what you have is a potentially, potentially, I'm not going to say it, but I'm saying in terms of the case for the New Year's team, which I really like about it is potentially a player that's a little bit more in decline. And who do you think, like, remember the last Kobe season? And he's not anywhere close to there, but Russell Westbrook is not going to be a kind of guy that tries to slow down and defer to others or try to figure it out a different way. Like he's a one way type of player. And I could see that rubbing off poorly again for, for some other guys. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. My New Year's team is the Houston Rockets. And just as I kind of shot, uh, took a little bit of a reach with the Dallas Mavericks, I took a little reach with uh, my New Year's team in the Houston Rockets. And the reason is I think they're still going to rack up regular season wins. They're going to rack up monster individual statistics. Carmelo's going to have his moments. We're going to see James Harden put together another MVP, close to MVP season. But I think there's a reason that this team wouldn't involve P.J. Tucker in any trade talks for Jimmy Butler. Because he's their glue guy, and he's the guy that might be keeping things together if things go wrong and can actually command respect for from some of the league's biggest stars over the last decade. And this situation actually reminds me a little bit of the 2015 Seattle Seahawks, where you're on the one-yard line. You're so close to beating a dynastic team. You're right there. You can see it, and you have a huge choking moment. And for me, for the Houston Rockets, missing 27 threes in a row, that's their not running it in with Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. I think the window has closed here. I don't think that they're going to be able to beat the Golden State Warriors. So for ends up disappointing, I just think that we're going to get to a series where they play Golden State and it's going to be a sweep or it's going to be five games and we're completely underwhelmed by it. Chris Paul is going to be 34 years old this season. He's six feet tall. He missed over 20 games in the last two years. And that might have been a good thing because he's a bit of a jerk and he's hard to play with. Melo's been in a player that's in decline for a couple of seasons. James Harden is a little volatile. So is Mike D'Antoni. 
I could just see how the mix of these guys does not end up working out in year two and how if things start to go wrong, they're going to go really wrong. So I'll pick the Houston Rockets. Okay, we got it. We got it. I mean, I think their issue, which you surprisingly didn't mention because you've gave us our Houston Rockets prospectus for the next 10 years. They lose Jeff Bastelic, their defensive coordinator. And as good as the Rockets were offensively. I think that's more important than Trevor Reza. I think it's it's one and the same. Ariza, Bezdelic, and Bamute, they were in that series against the Warriors not because they were prolific offensively. They were in the series because unlike any other team, they had a chance guarding them, and they frustrated them offensively to the point where the Warriors started playing iso ball with Kevin Durant, and they were unwarrior like I don't think they're going to be good defensively this year because Bezdelic and Ariza and, and Bamute left, and because they added Carmelo Anthony, who is terrible at defense. I hate when people bring up Mute. It's like, what's the Mute moment from that series? All right, he didn't play, and they didn't miss him for a damn second. But he was still a part of the fact that they have have more of a defensive Ma, identity. Ma, Ma Mute. Okay. Next. This is my favorite category of them all. It's called the Glasses, Overalls, and Ponytail Team. And it's an homage to one of the all-time great rom-coms. She's all that. And if you don't know what that movie is, that's because you're not old like me. Well, there's no all-time great rom-com. Those things don't go. Together. Oh, you don't like a rom-com? No. I oh, don't. dude, I you're missing out. No. I'm a huge rom-com guy. I will put up a little bit of resistance, like if I'm on a date and girls, I want to see this. I'm like, aha! I would rather see insert action movie X. I want to see Mad Max, but in reality, I'm like, yeah. What do you got about ten things I hate about you? A good rom-com. It's like pop punk music to me, where it's like the elite of the lead is the best. Is really really good. But everything in between is completely terrible and, and unlike listenable or watchable. So, no. Give me a good rom-com. You've never seen She's All That? Rachel Lee Cook? Freddie Prince Jr.? No. Classic. And for the record, she ain't all that. <laughs> oh, she is all that. Rachel Lee Cook? The scene where she's like, she's out on the date. She's out on the beach and she, she peels off the bathing. She shows the bathing suit and other the mean girls are like, huh. oh my God, she is all that. I wouldn't know because I didn't see the movie. So, Please get to your pick. The premise of the movie, for those of you who have not seen it, is that... Everyone. Someone... Freddie Prince Jr. gets dumped and he makes a bet that he can turn anyone into prom queen and anyone just so happens to be Rachel Lee Cook who's a smoke but he can't tell she's a smoke because she's wearing some paint covered tarp of a, a shirt in the initial scene when she falls down with her books she's got her hair up in a ponytail she's wearing glasses and as we know from the Superman comics glasses hide everything and are at least for some people so he couldn't tell she was hot but she turns out to be, like I said, an absolute smoke. So this is the basketball team that people are overlooking, but could be a little bit beautiful on the inside. We get it. The Cleveland Cavaliers. That's my team. I think they're the perfect glasses and overall team because yeah. they just got dumped by LeBron James. No one expects anything of them. All of a sudden, their uniforms look crappy. All of a sudden, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the wine and gold, looks like an expansion team all of a sudden. They're being projected for 31 and a half wins. People are mocking Tristan Thompson, saying, We're still four-time Easter Conference champions. So until you take us down from that... Teams ain't got much to say. Boston, Philly, they ain't got much to say. Boston had home court game seven, lost. Philly, you guys almost got swept. Toronto, we really know that story. So. Which is silly, of course. They're a defense that ranked 29th last season, but I just, there's a few things to like about the Cavs. I like Colin Sexton. I like that kid coming out of college, and I think that he brings something to that Cavaliers team that they lacked, which is another guy that can play perimeter defense and give them hustle on every single night and all these possessions. And I can envision the George Hill, Colin Sexton guard duo. That's locking up other teams that locks up other teams guard. I can see the, the CD Osman breakout season. I can see Kevin love doing old Kevin loves things. 
J.R. Smith mixing it up, getting tossed out of ba- out of games. Can you see no. the Cavaliers no. making the playoffs? I can see it. I can see the Cavaliers oh making the cl- Eastern Conference please playoffs. Please put some money on that. I will. I actually Let's, already have. Can we bet that, me and you, please? Because okay. there is no way that the Cavaliers are making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you see them before LeBron James got there? Mm-hmm. And then you saw them. Okay. Kyrie's not there. And this, this time. is why you know they're the that, perfect right? glasses and overalls team. No one and ponytail. No Honestly, one's ever going to look at them. What's the biggest number? You're beautiful. What's You're beautiful th- to me. Please stop saying it. It wasn't just a bet. What's the biggest number you'd put on this? Like between us? Like, would you put a G on that? No. God, no. Why well, you, you so, think I do so for confident? A living? What do you think I do for a living? I don't know. Make terrible picks on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> that is what I do. How, what's before. the biggest number? 500? You put 500 yeah, on it? I don't it? know. I suppose put a couple, I'll put a little bit down on it. Two bills? Eh, we'll talk. We'll talk. We're talking right now. Uh, we'll talk later. You don't feel, Maybe I don't want to back up. That don't feel so good about the overalls and she's all you. that crabs anymore, right? That's my team. Who's yours? Not them. Uh, the Clippers are my team. And yeah, I know they're the Clippers and they're hiring, you know, I've already been down this writers. road, sir. I've already been down this road. I took the glasses off. I let the hair down. It wasn't great. No, you took them as league pass. I know. That's year. what I mean. I tried to find no. beauty. Where so that's they, where not the exact thing. League passes. You want to watch them. This is it's going to be better than you think. And you think the Clippers are bad because they have a crazy owner and they have no real legacy of success. That's why I think they'll be bad. Yes. But actually look at their too deep. They have a lot of guys where you're like, oh, yeah, he's still in the league. Yeah, but he's, he's a rotation guy. That's not a good thing. Beverly, Bradley, Gallinari, mm-hmm. Harris, Gortat, your boy Milos, Lou Will, the sixth man of the year. Your boy Mbamute, Mike Scott, who loves to drain threes. Montrez Harrell, who has had a ridiculous preseason and is a fantasy sleeper. Oh, and that's right. Shea Gildas Alexander, who's also had a Mm. nice preseason. They just traded Wesley Johnson, so we won't mention him. Oh, and how can we forget the beautiful, beautiful Boban? (laughs) Boban and Tobias Harris truly does intrigue me. I know they've been overdoing it a little bit, but I still love it. But I just named 12 dudes. Mm-hmm. 12 real basketball players. So despite injury, despite the incompetence at times of Doc Rivers, they have players. And so, yeah, is the West tough? Certainly. Do they have an all-star? No. But they have a basketball team that actually makes sense. So do you think that they will make the playoffs this year? Like, what's your projection for them? So I'm just... I do think they, they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, I'd like to offer you just the cancellation bet of I would like to bet you that they do not make the playoffs. Sure. How much would you like to put on that? A G? Sure. I'll, you know what? I'll put two Gs that they have a better record than your Cavs, even in a tougher conference. So the Clippers are projected at 37.5 wins. Cleveland Cavaliers sure. are projected at 31.5 wins. I... You did something... Well, they have more wins than the Cavaliers, yes or no? Yeah, they'll probably have more wins than the Cavs. Um, okay, so you are ridiculing my pick, but, but I'm not, you just no, said I'm that they're going to be better no, than your you, pick. No, you absolutely did not... I'm not ridiculing at all. I'm, I'm actually kind of with you on this, is that I have with a little me? You bit... You said you wanted to bet. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think that they will be a... I, I could see them having some success. I could see them being a, a, a relatively better team than you would think uh, because yeah, they're kind of, they're so in the shadow of the other Los Angeles team that you would never think of them. So I actually think that's a great pick for uh, glasses, overalls and ponytail. Uh, the next category is the Kardashian team. And I just have one thing to say about that, which is non stop drama. So who's your Kardashian team that just has drama every single day and just cannot. And every day that's all they're selling. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, this is a layup. Choice, yeah. This is easy. That's why I didn't choose them. And, and I think everyone looks at it as Jimmy Butler, who's, you know, doing basically <laughs> Denzel Washington from training day impersonations at practice. I think what people forget is this is a fractured team because mm. half of the roster, Taj Gibson, uh, Luel Deng, Derek Rose, those are Butler guys. Mm. And so it's not like it's Jimmy versus the world. Yeah, Wiggins and Towns got their money the last two off seasons and they're the future. And, you know, they have an ally in Tyus Jones who's friends with them. But this is actually an older Tibbs team that he's made the new Bulls. And so the Pied Piper in that room is Jimmy Butler. So if he's making it uncomfortable, he has guys who agree with everything that he is saying. And so I think it's going to be nonstop drama because Jimmy Butler doesn't seem to care. Tibbs doesn't seem to want to trade him. And as we know from the reports, Carl Anthony Towns isn't willing to, to step up to him. The person who's gone at Jimmy Butler hard in this whole thing has been Nick Wiggins. This whole thing is a mess, especially because in a West, that's going to be tough. That when you're looking at playoffs, you're looking to figure out who are the teams that are coming out because we know teams are going in. I see Minnesota m- missing the playoffs, especially oh, yeah. if they move Butler for anything that isn't a huge return. Oh yeah, no, they're uh, they're missing the playoffs, and I actually think that at this point they might even have a better chance of making the playoffs by trading Jimmy Butler and getting some pieces around him than than keeping him. What do you think is the best route for Jimmy to actually get out of there? Is it to play hard and try to attract another team to give a little bit more assets, or is it to continue to light fires and and hope that the team just will get rid of him at any cost? Well, he believes clearly. He and his representation believe that it's lighting fires because he told Rachel, Rachel Nichols <laughs> that fires he, he's lighting. He he asked for a trade months ago and. He's daring the nothing. fan base to boo him. He's yeah. like, just boo me. I don't care. <laughs> I, ca- I ca- When have listen, we ever seen this? I kind of love it, though. I kind of love too. it because he, he's being authentic. I don't think that being authentic, When your employer says, though, bring your authentic self to yeah, work, he's uh, doing okay, it. Okay, I was going to say, like, I don't think that's something that you can get away with in most workplaces. Like, if you're just a dick to your boss and you're like, I'm just being authentic. I'm just being authentic. You know what that reminds me of? This reminds me of the Chappelle skit when keeping it real goes wrong. This is like your classic when keeping it real goes wrong. It's like you're real, very real, Jimmy Butler. But, but, real. but it's not wrong for him. Yeah, I think it is because mm-hmm. I think the reason that he's not out of town is that some teams are really worried that he's going to burn down every piece of chemistry they have. Like, I think there's a reason you that think Pat Riley doesn't like this. No, I think Pat Riley's the only guy that's interested in that. He's frustrated with Tibbs. But if you look at like the Nets won't give up Karis Levert for Jimmy Butler because they're afraid that he's going to build whatever Sean Marks is building there. I think that. That's an indictment on Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry. I I do think that overall this is hurting him as much as it's hurting the Timberwolves right now. Like this is a war of attrition and and I think both sides are taking casualties. But his contract is going to elapse. He's going to be able to go wherever he wants. I think Jimmy Butler's point is actually the fact that people aren't willing to give up assets is because Tibbs waited this long and now I'm going to make it public. No, listen, I'm not saying... You would have got more return from me in the summer when this was all quiet. Yeah, I'm not saying that the the T-Wolves aren't taking more damage here. I'm just saying that I think that there there is a negative effect on Jimmy Butler. I think that his reputation right now around the league is not very good. I don't think that he is going to be looked at the same way in a trade. He would be already out of town if he wasn't such a fire starter. I'll just say that. And also... You watch Game of Thrones? No. Ah, uh, I've got my brother has a new nickname for Andrew Wiggins, and I think it's perfect. Emil, you watch Game of Thrones? Give me a thumbs up if you do. Oh, no one watches Game of Thrones. All right, this is for the Game of Thrones fans out there. Andrew Wiggins is Reek. He's Reek now. It's like Jimmy Butler is his Rose Bolton or Ramsey Bolton, and he's just got him in a place where 
it's yes below to anything because Wiggins is beaten down and he's got no heart. The Tin Man has been completely eviscerated by Jimmy Butler. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, he's he's in a very similar situation downstairs as our boy Reek. Let's just put it that way. I have no, no idea what that I means. Know I, I think this is worse for Towns than it is for, Ooh, I disagree. for Butler. Wiggins but, is Butler, now kissing the ring. Butler guarded Towns in the post and he couldn't score on him. Yeah. He, he beat the starters with a roster of, mm-hmm. let me quote, James Nunali, mm-hmm. Kiata Bates Diop, the world famous Justin Patton, and CJ Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very. It's a legendary practice moment now, uh, as that, Worldwide Wob pointed out. That nobody saw. So, uh, my Kardashian team, my nonstop drama, is also a bit of a layup. I went to the, the well, the drama well, and chose the Dwight Howard team. The last six seasons, they've been running in mud. They haven't really done anything, they've been on the treadwell. And now John Wall is showing up a little chubby to training camp, to say the least. We forget in a season where a GM's wife had a burner account leaking private organizational information and a a first overall pick that had the yips and an attempted brawl that involved a secret tunnel and a trade request on Twitter while at a barbershop in the Kawhi saga that Marcin Gortat and John Wall publicly took shots at each other while on ESPN. And I don't think that the solution to that is by bringing in Dwight Howard, a known cancer around the league. I just, I think that the Washington wizards have a lot of problems. I think John wall is in a make or break season for them. And I just see them having drama all over the place. Dwight Howard compounding that drama. And that this is the year where not only do they go below their like projected 46 win total, but that they just fall apart and they have to make a change. The The wizards are in a horrible spot from a roster construction standpoint. You didn't even mention the fact that Beal and wall have a history of, yeah, they don't like each other. Like each other. I remember when, Howard was in his prime with the Magic. Phil Jackson, who was out of the league at the time, said if he was going to start a team, it would be with Dwight Howard. And there was Kobe was in the league at the time. LeBron was in the league at the time. Since not great. Howard has gone to the Lakers, blew that up. Went to the Rockets, blew that up. Went to the Hornets and the Hawks, blew that up. Wherever he goes, people can't wait for him to leave. Mm-mm. He's an interesting one. I mean, the, everyone seems to get into the NBA Hall of Fame, and he was at, for a stretch the best center in the league, top five player, but no. I, I wonder how this ending to his career impacts his Oof. his could, legacy. Could you see his Hall of Fame? It's like no one there. There's <laughs> just nobody at it. And then he's awkwardly making his terrible jokes. No, not happening. He's not a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Not okay. even in the standards of the NBA. Went to a final like, bunch yeah. of all-star games, dunk, yeah, I don't contest think champion. Enough. I think he's, he's on the outside looking in by uh, quite some ways there. All right, so that's it. You got anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No. All right, thanks again to all the associates. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate everything. Again, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Let us know who you think your Kardashian team is, your New Year's team, or your League Pass team. Break down your cases. You can always tweet us at JD Bunkus, at Donovan Bennett. Thanks to our producer, Emil Delich. He always does a great job. Uh, We'll catch you next week. 